Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we are kicking off a week of injuries. Well, how to prevent injuries and how to fix them if you've got them. And today's show is all about really preventing injuries. We've got an amazing physiotherapist, Phil White, on the show today to give you a physio's take on how to prevent injuries. All right, everybody, let's rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix. I'm here at the table and I'm joined by Phil White and we are Unity Gym. Experts are turning driven people into athletes. Today's episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. You can get daily coaching by us plus our epic foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal program customized for you and to optimize performance. As a valued listener, you can use the link in the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube or of the podcast if you're listening, and you can get your first month free. Now, before we get started, I want to give a warm welcome. If you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group, leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember, anyone can join and interact. And lastly, a shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button and support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. How are you, Phil? I'm well. Happy yeah. to be back this week. Now yeah. my new life of alternating between the South Coast and, and Sydney. It's um, yeah, nice to be back in this flooded city. Yeah. When, when did you come back? Were you here on the weekend? Or were you uh, I was down down the coast still. Yeah. How so. was it? Is it raining down there? Uh, it seems to be worse n- further north, so I yeah. was further south, so it was all right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you aren't in Australia and haven't seen what's happening in, in Sydney and in in north of New South Wales, it's some crazy flooding at the moment. Yeah, so. I mean, I haven't seen rain like this in a long yeah. time um i don't remember i mean it, it does rain like this from time to time in um new south wales but uh it yeah. is uh, on another level like i was driving to chatswood and um we were driving at 40 kilometers an hour on a 60 kilometer an hour road so that's about 25 miles an hour on a 40 mile an hour road and everybody was just going so slow it was so full on you could barely see crazy yeah. so anyway there you go and um how are you richie Oh, he's got no mic. Sorry, I forgot. No, no, no. Richie turned. I've got a mic. I yeah. just had it turned down. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty good. Other than the rain, um, not bad. Had yeah. a great workout again. Yeah, nice, nice. That's how he. That's how he looks. The way he does. Always yeah, has great workouts. The beast. You know? No, yeah, that's it. That's no it. Average workouts. Yep. <laughs> Today is my first week back after a four-week recovery from a vasectomy, and so I'm I'm back into my training and and ready to Watch ready to out. go. Um, so Phil. Injury uh, mitigation, I guess, would be um, you know the right way to describe this. We we want to get your take uh, on injuries and, and how to prevent them. And you know, just to to frame a little bit, Phil and I have been friends for uh, about eight years now. Uh, he was treating me as a sports masseuse before we met, and Phil has helped me through some some pretty bad injuries. And the way that he coached me and guided me to get me to where I am now was, was very, very different to what my perception on what physiotherapy was before that. I was, my experience with physiotherapists in the past when I'd had injuries was that they did a little bit of physical work on me and then they gave me some exercises that, in my opinion, were just really, really dicky and, and didn't really have, have much value for me. And I found that I was, I rehabilitated my exercise, my injuries very, very well through just my own means. But you know what you did with me was very, very different. And and, and why don't you um, uh, talk about? I guess um, you know how that all fits into your injury prevention strategy. Because in my eyes, the way that you deal with injuries is almost the same way as like the way that you prevent them. 
Yeah, that's it. I think it's this kind of people have this like false dichotomy where they think it's either you're either like training hard or if you've injured yourself, you're in rehab land and you're doing something very separate. But really, like the way that my understanding has changed over the years from being an injured athlete, like I played ultimate frisbee um, competitively for 11 years, went to like five world championships for it, but I was always the injured guy. And each time I'd sort of go from, uh, you know, training with the regular team and then I'd, I'd injure myself and then I'd tap out and I'd do something kind of completely different get kind of unfit, <laughs> get out of like the game, um, you know, game sense and everything. And then you get back to trying to play again. And, and it would just be kind of like oscillating between two very different things from being like competitive to like serious injury rehab land. And, and as my understanding has changed over the years from doing my, you know, first massage course and then sports exercise and sports science and a three year um, postgrad physio degree. And, and actually it was like a lot of my kind of take has been from just training here and training with some other um, really great trainers is sort of seeing that really it's such a continuum when it comes to rehab and that what you're doing um, when you're training and what you're doing when you're rehabbing really shouldn't look that different. Um, as we, we kind of said the other day with the, even the word rehab, rehab should be training in the presence of injury. It's not some separate total different thing. You're still training. You've just got an injury present and it's just about making those little changes um, there. So when it comes to um, injuries, obviously there's a few different sort of main types. There's going to be your acute injuries where you have something like a, um, you know, a ankle, like an ankle sprain where you roll your ankles or you step on something uneven. You might be playing, um, you know, soccer and you get a someone tackle you and you do your ACL from having a, a force to you or, you know, it could be a car accident, could be falling off a, um, a ledge. Those are those kind of acute injuries that... Um, is a very specific type, but then what we most like commonly see here in the gym is generally not going to be an acute injury. Rather, it's something that gradually comes on because of a error in managing your load. So that means um, you know generally your tendinopathies, uh, some muscle tears, minor muscle tears is going to be about doing something that you kind of just weren't quite ready for. It's a totally safe movement, it's a safe thing to do, but you've just basically mismanaged loads. And so they're the kind of two big buckets of injuries is going to be that like acute versus kind of a, a, a chronic in somewhat insidious onset. So I think it's really key to understand that there's some um, big differences there when it comes to acute stuff. It's, it, it's, you can do lots of, um, you know, for sport specific work to lower your risk of injuries. But if you get hit by a, you know, very heavy human at fast pace, yeah. sometimes you're just not going to be able to prevent that but yeah. the stuff that we're talking about today mostly is about um being in the gym um those kind of a chronic onset or like insidious onset so something where it's not an acute injury it's just something that's it's mm. built up that we can really um deal with my my understanding of how injuries especially the injuries that i have suffered from um since knowing you uh my understanding has just really changed around that concept of load management and it, it just makes so much sense because um, I didn't understand it when I got the injuries that I had that you've helped me through. And my way of dealing with when I started to feel an, a chronic injury coming along, I, I dealt with it by just saying, well, I've just got to suck it up and just keep going. Whereas what I understand now is that that feeling of something creeping up is the early signs of your body saying, hey, you know, you, you're maybe not ready for this as to what you thought you were and you need to make some modifications and, and build up that load tolerance. And, you know, I think a lot of people make this same mistake, right? I mean, you, 
um, you get a lot of business from from people making. <laughs> yeah, that. I, it's it's part human nature. It's part sort of I guess the like athlete and sporting environment where that suck it up like you know being tough is kind of a trait that's almost admired, especially in you know that junior men's sport. It's it's mm. a thing where you're told to constantly you know just work harder like mm. suck it up you'll be fine don't be a princess yeah. that kind of all that like toxic masculinity that i think has led to even with appointments now where when people say like oh you know i'm i'm feeling like yeah when i do that it's a bit tight and it's like do you mean you're in pain like, they can't even acknowledge yeah. that they're in pain because they're there's these really like inbuilt <laughs> sort yeah. of having to be tough all the time yeah. and i think yeah. that is where a lot of these sort of things come from where basically people start to get these warning signs get these like you know the canary in the coal mine is um is dying but <laughs> <laughs> like you're getting like so you're, if you're right you're, get another canary yeah <laughs> <laughs> and people really just push past um what they're currently capable of and that is generally where as you know you see a lot of injuries come from and and i really loved what nilesh said when he was on the show um you know it would have been a couple of weeks well about a month ago now where he's saying you know it's not high loads that are the problem it's just about how you get there and and so often people uh you know in the world of like gym challenges or in things like crossfit where you really um kind of have that background of competition within your lifting and really pushing yourself past um probably what you're currently capable for that's what gets you it's not the higher load it's just that you've gone from you know zero to 100 um too quickly instead of just gradually building up um mm. step by step so yeah yeah and th- i mean yeah, this load management thing is really fascinating to me because it, it's fascinating to me because of the amount of times that we have to repeat it. And it's fascinating to me that even me as a personal trainer, who's somebody who is giving out advice to people and who people are coming to um, to help them, that I still didn't even know it until I'd worked with you. Do you think that it, this is a, a newer thing in the physiotherapy sort of space? Is this something uh, that is... It's uh, certainly... Yeah, like, yes. I mean, I think, you know, the history of physio coming from very much that hands-on manual therapy background, like that was a lot of the focus for a long time. And then it sort of shifted towards exercise. And I think there was a real like time in physio where it all became about coming up with some new funky rehab move that like was kind of clever and activated the muscle in a certain way. And that like, and I think that we kind of went too far down that rabbit hole of being like, oh, there's just some movement, just some activation that you need to do. You've got lazy glutes, you've got mm-hmm. whatever, just something like some funky movement that if you happen to do that thing that only a physio would come up with, like this special mm-hmm. movement, that that would be the thing that cures you. And really, I think that like there was a lot right about that, that understanding that movement and certain exercise prescription was important. But I think kind of it, it that part of physio got picked up too strongly and people are so have gone too far down that rabbit hole that it becomes all about these fancy activations Mm. rather than looking in that big macro picture of how that activating that right muscle the right time sort of fits into just loading your body in a relevant way to the activity that you want to do yep yeah i think um that was definitely my experience with physiotherapists and i got quite turned off by it and the main reason i got turned off was that again being a gym owner teaching classes having a lot of clients that train with us and people would get injured and um i people come to me all the time and say listen i've got this injury what do you think i should do and my first response is see a physiotherapist because i'm not a physiotherapist and i can't give you um advice on what kind of injury you've got or anything like that once you've gone to a physiotherapist and they say 
um, this is what we're dealing with and this is a really good strategy and these are some good alterations that you should do with your training. I can step in there and really make sure that you get better. And that is one of the reasons why I got so let down by physiotherapists because I would send people off to them and they would come back looking really confused and I'd say, what's wrong? And they said, well, the physio said I can't go to the gym for a month and I've just got to stay home. And they'd show me these exercises that they were doing and they were that kind of stuff that you're talking about, these activation style things. But they said that you can't go to the gym at all. So example, somebody's got um, an issue with their knee and the diagnosis was poor glute activation and whatever it was and you need to do these glute activation exercises, but you can't go to the gym. So you can't do anything for your shoulders and arms. Like it's just, yeah. oh my God, I need glute activation. Everything else stops, you know? And that was something that I, that for me really turned me off physios. But then when I saw you doing it, it was so different. And it took me a while to wrap my head around how different it was the way that you and Nilesh go about it. And um, it's really refreshing for me as a trainer to see that because we, we like, I used to, people used to come to me at the gym and say, who would you recommend I go and see this? And I couldn't recommend them to anyone because I said, honestly, every physio that I've seen people go to, I think they give them really bad advice. So I don't know, you've got to come find someone. Hopefully you find someone good. Yeah, and it's sort of an ever, like, it's ever changing space. And, and obviously with physio being very much like evidence-based practice, it can be kind of hard when you're looking at these sort of big macro picture things to have studies that are like this is exactly the right way of doing it and yeah. so therefore that then doesn't get taught as the best way of doing it necessarily because of the like medical science backing of physio it's like everything has to be sort of evidence-based practice led and, and obviously there's going to be um you know part of evidence-based practice is like uh anecdote and like clinical expert sort of advice but everything it's generally the things that get picked up from a very clear randomized control trial that then gets fed into a larger like meta-analysis that gets picked up as the main way of doing things. And the, mm -hmm. and what's really like simple to um, test things like, um, you know, electrical stimulation, uh, certain, um, you know, really like disc discrete like specific things can be often what gets picked up by science and then people are like oh it's this mm, this is the answer mm. and then you get led down there when really at the end of the day with most studies between different interventions for um treatment for pain or disability pretty much everything has like the same treatment effect most of the for most things like don't you know don't take this to the bank and say this is medical advice it's just mm. um this is just like a general observation of science is like a lot of things have basically like the same uh outcomes over like a you know somewhat ex extended period of time, it, but it, what the side effects of having a good exercise um, practice is just so much more beneficial than spending hundreds of dollars every time you go to a physio to get a heat pack and a, like an electrical stimulation machine. If you're doing exercise, you're building up that not only you know fitness, strength, um, healthy behaviors, like but you know you're, you're building up self-efficacy, and this is something that you can do for yourself rather than having to spend a whole ton of money to go and get someone to you know do something to you so um yeah that's that kind of i don't know it's a it's such a big sticky topic and um and obviously there's like it depends on the specific details about when certain interventions work but as a big picture i think that physios have often gone down the um kind of too far down into specifics and lost the mm. bigger picture looking at how total training load affects and like not only the injury itself, but the rest of the body and also the mental side of engaging with training and performance. And that's an interesting point to make. And it's, and it's something not to skip over, I think, because, you know, I think 
I think that's a, a concern in the whole medical space because, of course, as the way that, that medicine as a whole and that um, wellness and physiotherapy and exercise, sports science and things like that, they have to use evidence to teach people, right? Like you, like that's what makes a, a, a university degree, right? You can't just go, well, hey, this is what I think and so here's your... No, no, carriers still get university degrees and they don't necessarily... <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, I mean, they, like, it, it took, to be fair, like with Cairo, it is heading sort of more, and it's getting dragged more in that direction. But man, yeah. like the some the background, like if you look at the underpinning behind Cairo, it is just wild. But I, I there's a lot of Cairo's out there who I think are great, and a lot of them do take on a very much like mm. active, um, you know, patient-led, like exercise-based thing. Was, but sorry, what I was yeah. going to say though, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. What I was going to say though is that, like, you know, you've got, you know. There's research that says that if you have this injury and you stimulate, you know, we show that if we can activate that muscle more, then it braces this more. And so they go, okay, well, that's what the solution is. But it's pretty hard to get evidence-based research to say, well, hey, the reason why all of these people never got injured is because they were strong in the first place. Like yeah. that's a hard um, data to sort of extrapolate, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, humans are infinitely variable and the circumstances you're in are going to be infinitely variable. So it is so hard. And one of the kind of on the load management side of things, just to try and steer it back to, I mm-hmm. guess, how we're going to got to that as being like the main, um, you know, one of the main things that you should be aware of when you get into your training to prevent injuries. Um, there has been a bunch of study around um, this idea of acute to chronic uh, work ratio, which is basically like looking at how much total training you do over a certain amount of time and so that over i think it's a um a month period is is kind of your chronic workload and so you might um this was often done in like um you know in running looking at uh you know how many kilometers a, a week you're running or how many how many hours a week you're doing of, of things or how many total kilos lifted and so it's like your chronic ratio and then looking at and then they, they're kind of basically trying to see if like if you then increased your acute workload so for a week for example like you went and did a tournament and now you've you know you're doing like 100 units of exercise here and suddenly you're doing a thousand units of exercise in that week that that's going to be a predictor of injury and so this idea of acute chronic work ratio was trying to tackle and get a bit of scientific sort of evidence around um the load management as being a predictor of injury um and in the like all the studies around it, it didn't quite pan out as neatly as the um, all of the researchers hoped, and that kind of then led to a bunch of people just like throwing it out as being at all useful. But um, I think having in the back of your mind the idea of like to simplify it and to get rid of the jargon is basically think like, okay, what have I been doing for like the last month, the last three months, the last year, the last five years? Like, what does my exercise landscape look like? Have I been doing lots of um, you know, lots of steady state exercise. I've been running, cycling, swimming a lot and done no weights. Have I been doing just weights this whole time? Have I been doing, um, you know, maybe just, you haven't been doing anything. You've just been sitting, working really hard and stressed and parenting and doing all those life things that you need to do. And having that kind of idea about over that time frame what you've been doing, then think about, okay, I want to build an exercise habit. I want to start doing this sport. I want to, you know, um, work towards this specific athletic goal. You've got to think like, okay, this is my chronic, um, you know, the last year or, or, or five years of what I've been doing, the last three months of what I've been doing. If I want to suddenly have these like lofty exercise goals, I can't go from absolutely zero where my body's basically not prepared to now doing this really extreme thing in a short amount of time. You've got to basically just like, it's fine to have these lofty goals, but you've got to think about how much time you've been not doing something that's similar to the goal. And then 
really take the time to gradually build up. Yeah, and I think... totally against human nature. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. And I think that for the average punter, it people don't realize um number one how long that time could potentially be but also what the idea of of this old analogy of just taking one rung on the ladder at a time rather than trying to take 10 in one leap and you know so often the problem is that people gauge what they should be able to do based on their friends um that have been doing it for consistently for a long 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 time like running is a really good example right like your friend that's been running um you know three times a week for 5ks which is very very small for uh, somebody that's serious into running you know that'd be 15ks in a week you know um we know people that run well over 100ks a week (laughs) so but even even that example three times a week for 5ks you know they're only running for half an hour whatever it is um and then you decide that you're going to get off the couch one day and go for a run with your friend. Well, that is probably going to cause you some problems in a very short amount of time if you were in your 30s or 40s and if you were carrying a little bit of weight. Particularly thinking about your training age for running. So like if you've been doing, if, you ever, if you've never run before, then your training age is zero and you've never done any, yeah. <laughs> your structures are not at all going to be prepared. If you used to do like a lot of running and then you've just taken like, you know, a couple of months off, you'll bounce back and you'll be a whole lot better off. But you've yeah. really got to think about like, have I done this before? And if I haven't done it in a while, how long has it been? And then mm-hmm. if it's really been a long time, you've got to mm-hmm. and it's so the same with, It's the same with weightlifting. We've had, we've had members of our UMS online coaching program ask if their partner can join in on the workout and, and what they should do. And they've been doing it with us for six months or so. Well, sure, your partner can join in the workout, but not with what you're doing right now. They have to join in on the workout with where you started from. So yeah, it's uh, if you can get your head around this and you can respect the journey and start to look a little bit deeper into load management and how you can mess it up and how you can get it right, then I'm a firm believer that you are going to get far less injuries. And um, you know, Phil, would that be your physio's take? Yeah, hundred percent. I think when talking about this load management, again, it, it, it is a bit of a jargony term where it doesn't necessarily like it's hard to know what that means. It can be, it'll be all well and good to be like, okay, I've got my load management right, and you're like, okay, what is load? Like, having a clear understanding of what different loads are is going to be key here. So, understanding the different variables that are involved um, in the exercise you're doing, and having an idea of the goal of exercise that you have so like if for example you wanted to play um soccer we'll use that as a fairly national uh, international example it's gonna involve having a tolerance to well to start off with just to be um to kind of list some ideas of load so it's going to be how much weight you can um actually put through a certain structure um it's going to be how um how quickly that limb that or that muscle can lengthen and, and shorten. Um, it's going to be impact forces. So your joint, um, your joints, your cartilage are going to respond differently to impact forces. Um, it's going to be time and attention. It's going to be like concentric, eccentric, and isometric strength. Um, all of these different factors, um, stretching load, all of these different things are going to be a um, different variables and also range of motion um, and power, which is speed of um, like weight plus speed. So basically having an idea of all these different variables that you can put through your body and this uh, thinking of them as stimulus, basically like you've got to give your body a chance to adapt to each of those different types of stimulus. And obviously depending on the sport you want to do, you're going to put different um, levels of 
each of those stimulus. So for something like soccer, where it's lots and lots of running, you're going to have to get build up like a cardiovascular load. You're going to have to build up, um, you know, a bit, a lot of strength training and um, to build up a bit more speed and a bit more power. Uh, you're going to have to have range of motion to be able to, you know, kick the um, when you kick and follow through. That you're not going to tear your hammy. And, and same with that, that's going to be having a tolerance to deceleration forces, which is often the most common thing for muscle tearing. So you can see that if you just try and get load management right for that and you just go into the gym and do you know five by five classic powerlifting um splits that you're not you're you're getting like you can have really good load management in your five by five starting strength like simple sort of powerlifting workout but that doesn't bring in the like specific stimulus you need for that goal so what i love about the unity gym like the ums as a program is that basically it's giving you all these fundamental movements so you're you're balancing you're getting good structural balance in terms of like muscle strength stimulus to each of the um, main parts of your body you're getting good range of motion through the paired stretching with with your workout and then as part of um doing uh the cardio circuits we have here in the gym where it's um going to be cycling through a whole bunch of different exercises that are based off your fundamental lifts it's basically giving you the movement variability and because it changes every six weeks you're also getting the variability of different some weeks it's going to be more um, power, some weeks it's going to be more strength, some weeks it's going to be more endurance. Um, you're going to get impact. Um, you're going to get, yeah, facilitate like impact in your jumping and the um, skipping and box jumps. All of these, like this movement variability basically means that you're then have a whole bunch of tolerance to different stimulus. That means if you go out into the world and you have to run for your bus or you play a bit of pickup soccer or, um, you know, go rock climbing, you you've been exposed to all of these different stimuluses and therefore your body's going to be more resilient to basically changes. Because remember, the thing that causes injuries is really changing, like having a big change in the load that you're putting through your body at a certain time. So, well, I, I think it's a really good uh, discussion to continue tomorrow if we do, if we basically talk about what load is and, ha and yep. how to identify um increases in load decreases in load and how to how to manage that because you're right it is a jargony term and it's something that we've even collectively had to make sure that we were defining it the right way yeah. because people define it in so many different ways so tune in tomorrow where uh, phil and i will continue this great week of uh of topic of discussion around injuries and tomorrow today you've heard us frame you know, the best way to prevent injuries by managing load and mismanaging load is the best way to get chronic injuries. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about what load is. We're going to demystify it for you and help you to understand it. So tune in tomorrow. Thanks, Phil. It's been a pleasure. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that It's far. the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.